Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Desk Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Ballantyne. Joining me today, once again, is Jacob Nielsen, my my boss here, the Statesman, uh, Utah State Insider, and someone who has quite possibly the worst taste in music ever. Jacob, how you doing? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, shots fired right out of the gate. <laughs> your, What's this all about? Your tweet the other day about Blink-182? <laughs> Bad take. Bad take. Oh, yeah, I got I got flamed <laughs> for that, huh? I think that was mostly, like, me and my friends that were lighting I, you up. On I literally one. got, like, six different replies from people on that. Yeah, I got to say, that's probably our biggest disagreement <laughs> that we've had. What I mean, we haven't had a lot of disagreements. I feel like in sports stuff, we're... What else have we disagreed about? We disagreed about the BYU, the BYU game, the, the importance and meaning of the BYU game. Yeah. And Blink-182. That might be I it. just said Jordan Shackle. I thought it was better than Matt Mitchell, and you called that a warm take. Yeah, warm. Not hot. <laughs> not, not, it wasn't too bad. Um, Jordan Shackle was good. I mean, second best player in the team last year. But, yeah, yeah that was that was a slight disagreement. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you picked up the wrong crowd, dude. <laughs> yeah, just, so, just some context can't. really quick. <laughs> I sent out a tweet last week. I believe it said, I don't even remember. It was, it was I was watching playoff baseball, game, yeah, and I said, course. oh, yeah, it was like a really low-scoring game. And so I said, there's less hits in this game than there are in Blink-182's new albums. And, yeah, yeah, didn't go over well. Apparently, apparently they do have really good music, even into the 21st century. Of and course they do. Into the 2010s and 2020s. They so. do. I'm a huge Blink-182 fan. I'm showing Jake in my phone right now of my Spotify rap from last year. I spent 13,000 minutes listening to Blink-182 last year. so Think of all those <laughs> minutes you could have been spending doing something else with your time. But I'd, ra- I, I'd rather do Blink-182. Yeah, just just chugging monsters do. and there's no, there's <laughs> listening to Blink-182. So, yeah, he's, he's Jacob Nielsen. I'm Parker Ballantyne. A few slight disagreements, whether it's music or basketball or uh, whatever it may be. But uh, he is back on the show, and we appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in this past week as well. Thanks for bearing with me during a bye week. Um, I think we had a lot of fun. There was a lot to talk about, even though we weren't playing football. Um, but thankfully, the bye week is over, and we have a game. Finally, it's felt like so long for me, but it's hard to believe that it was only one week. I, I think it, that extra day really counts. You know, playing on a Friday and then having a bye week, that's that's a bit too much to ask for, for Utah State fans. But we are back. We have UNLV at Allegiant Stadium this weekend. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling good about it. I mean, yeah. this bye week could not have come at a better time. Yeah, yeah. The team was beat up. I got to talk to Coach Banda last week for a story, and he was just telling me. He was incredibly candid, actually, with me. and It wasn't too much coach speak, but he was just like, yeah, man, just we've just been playing dudes that are bigger than us. Yeah. And better than us, which is true in the the last two games probably. But just to hear the defensive coordinator say that, and then he's like, "Our team is just so worn out." I asked him. Yeah. I asked him about Justin Rice and his health because um, I think w- I mentioned in passing to you, and yeah. you agree with me we, that we kinda... he didn't look totally a hundred percent against Boise or BYU. Yeah. And he told me he's totally healthy, but the thing is, he's just been playing so many snaps because they've needed him in every. Game because Washington State obviously goes down to the wire. North Dakota, that was a game. Hopefully, they didn't have to throw all the starters out there for the whole game, but that was a close game until the fourth quarter. Started off, yeah, because North North Dakota started off 21 7, and then obviously Air Force was just a dogfight, and then 
poisoning BYU. So he said, yeah, Justin is just – his body was just completely exhausted, and then yeah. Holiday was injured. And, yeah, so just a lot of dudes that were just down physically, just yeah. not feeling good. And so – beat up. Yeah. Beat up, tired. Which is completely not. understandable. Hopefully not too exhausted because Paul Jackson's done a great job, but – I mean, there's no amount of working out you can do that makes up for just being hit all the time. You know, you can't really prepare for something like that. So, yeah. So, bye week came at a great time. Yeah. They they didn't do any like contact or even throw pads on in practice last week. They were just doing cool. just car- they were literally ice just doing baths. <laughs> like a whole week of ice baths. <laughs> the entire team was just in the training room. Just <laughs> yeah, that's rough. Well, and you mentioned like Air Force was a dogfight, but. Even that Boise State game, the score doesn't show it, but that was a dogfight too. Oh, that was and, and the such BYU in the game trenches, too. Yeah. The BYU game was a top ten team at the time that was only a two score game. That's like losing a basketball game by six. So both of those, even though it doesn't look like they were close games, those are dogfights too. The whole hundred percent, and yeah, especially that BYU game. But then even the Boise game, especially with the defense, Utah State's defense in that game, they came out and got stops. Time and time again. Yeah, the defense it was, was good. That game. It was like to start. It was like thirteen to three or something in the third quarter, and when Johnny Carter when he got that interception, and Pease walks out there, I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe there's a comeback, yeah, and it, yeah. obviously that didn't happen, and yep. it was a little bit wishful thinking, but yeah, the defense did keep Utah State in that game for yep. forty five minutes. Yep, we had that same moment I think against BYU where. Bonner runs down and scores. Uh, Bonner's offense scores a touchdown. Our defense takes it back over. And then, you know, Tyler Algier kind of went off and did his basically 75-yard touchdown. But it was kind of that same feeling where both games, there were there was a moment in the late third or fourth quarter where it was like, this game might turn. And so they, they, they those were both dogfights, I think. The interesting thing, though, is in the Boise game, it was the offense, the Utah State offense, that was the letdown, but in yeah. Utah, uh, the, the BYU game, which I still think the defense played okay in the BYU game. Yeah, but I wouldn't call the defense a letdown, but it was yeah. like that one play. But that play was a letdown because that was the they, first play at scrimmage. The yeah. Mav, bro, was rocking. I'm sitting, The momentum was completely shifting. Yeah, I'm sitting know? up in the, the press box, right, and, like, there's glass, and so it kind of is a deterrent for some sound, yeah. but it sounded like I was on the field during that I'm play. I'm on the north end zone on the field, and you could feel it. It was – I think there was – 11 players at the stadium that thought Utah State was not going to win that game, and it was BYU's offense that was on the field. Those were the only guys, I think, in the entire stadium that thought <laughs> this game because the, the energy was just sh- so on Utah State's side. Yeah, and then Al Jerry just does what he does. He's good. He just ran it down their, ran it down their yeah. throats. Just, man, just uh, Cam Lampkin just got put on his butt. Yeah. By kind uh, I was kind of cool. That's the older brother, yeah. Puka Nakua. Yeah. Just got put on his butt, and then. But, but yeah, what you way, gonna do? Total dogfight uh, against a team that, at the end of the day, they're just bigger. They're just better than us. You know, like we hate to admit it, but they're this season. It's not always true. Like, that's a competitive rivalry. It's a competitive game. Same with Boise. But this season, both those teams are just bigger and better. And to Coach Bonda's point, we just played our the previous two games we just played were against guys that were bigger than us. But also three of our five opening games were against teams that are just flat out bigger than us. We always discount Washington State because they're such a low level Pac-12 team. Um, but there's just a recruiting difference with Pac-12 to Mountain West. Pac-12 players are just bigger, and that that's true for basically across the board at Power Five conferences. Like they're just bigger and they're just faster. <laughs> so we've played three of our five games, 
early on against guys that are just bigger and tougher, or bigger, bigger and better. And then two of our last game, like our last two games, I think we had a bye week. So yeah, to your point and Coach Bonda, like could not have come at a better time. These guys are just beat up. Yeah, the one thing I'll say, I agree with everything you said, but I don't think uh, Utah State's, and you'll agree with me on this. I don't think they've been out tough this season. Like they've oh, been, yeah. there's been that talent edge, but in terms of just like, we're going to put our nose in your face and we're going to throw everything we have at you. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a game where I'm like, man, they left something on the table, yeah. which and is what I love to see from this team. Well, and you have those three games, Washington State, Boise State, BYU, where Utah State's playing an opponent that's just bigger and better. Utah State's one and two in those games. And logic would say you're going to go 0 and 3, right? Like when you play someone that's better than you, you lose. You tend to not beat teams that are better than you. So for Utah State to be 1 and 2 doesn't sound like much, but you're 1 and 2 punching up. So yeah. like you're saying, like the heart is there, the hustle is there. The, no one's tougher than this Utah State team. No one that we've played so far is tougher. I think Boise State and BYU, not to take away from them, those those are tough teams, but I wouldn't say they're tougher than Utah State. Like I think they're every bit as tough. Like, all those teams show grit. Um, you know, BYU and Boise State just had the edge against Utah State. Utah State just had the edge against Washington State. But, yeah, no one's no one's out here tougher than the Aggies. It's not – It's not. we're not seeing what we saw last year where guys are just giving up, you know. This is, this is a super tough team. Absolutely. So, and, yeah, I think, you know, kind of moving from those games, moving into, you know, looking forward – I think that bodes well for not only this upcoming game, but the rest of the season, because UNLV, it's tough to see what we're getting out of them. I mean, I say that I, you know, I say that it's tough, but really we, we're five games in. They're zero and five. We are three and two. You know, you don't know. You never know what you're gonna get out of a team. But yeah, this UNLV team, it's tough to see. What what I mean when I say it's tough to know what we're getting with them, it's tough to tell is if this UNLV team has accepted that they're not good yet, you know, a lot of times, (laughs) no, yeah, I'm serious. Like a lot of times early on in the season, teams don't realize they suck or teams don't realize they're bad yet. And they'll come out and play really, really hard. Eventually this UNLV team is going to realize they're not very good. They're going to have guys that just kind of don't play as hard. But you're thinking maybe they're not to that point yet. I don't know. You know, have they had a chance to look in the mirror? Or are they going to come out of this bye week kind of revitalized and wanting to turn the season around? Bye weeks are a great time to, you know, it's a natural break in your season. It's a great time to put things behind you. So I I think we know what UNLV looks like. We just don't know what's going on in their heads. That's my point. Like, we just don't know what kind of mentality they're going to come out with. And that can either, that that can be a dangerous thing for Utah State. Well, I want to go through something really quick. And that's the, the first five games that UNLV's played so yeah. far, yeah. and they've had a brutal schedule. Yeah. And so they're 0-5. Most of the games on here, Utah State would have a chance at losing as well. Yeah. Some of them, they absolutely probably would have lost. Yeah. But they open up in a double overtime loss to Eastern Washington, which Eastern Washington, as far as FCS schools go, they're a pretty good program. But yeah. you can't lose the FCS schools. End of story. Yep, yep. we've talked about that yeah. with – Colorado State a lot on the show like there's just no excuse yeah. to lose to FCS schools if you're in the Mountain West exactly so, good point and then they were they went down to Tempe they lost to Arizona State 37 to 10 and then they they hosted Brock Purdy in Iowa State they got them to come out of the desert 
and they got rolled because they have a nice stadium. 48-3. Yeah, that, <laughs> they got some perks now. I yeah. will tell you, though, when I, I used to live in Vegas, it was, uh-huh. the year was 2007, I believe, Wisconsin came and played UNLV at Sam Boyd Stadium really? in the desert. And the Badgers just all flocked, and they just took over that stadium but and just crushed them. But I was, I was like, damn, big-time power just cruising down to the old dumpy Sam Boyd. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> then this is where they started to show a little bit of fight, though, is in their past two games. Yep. And they went op- conference opener against Fresno State. They lost 38-30. Fresno State, I watched bits and pieces of that game. They did not play – as well as we've seen them play in yeah. other games this season against against uh, Oregon or against UCLA. But UNLV, they they were able to hold their weight a little bit in that one. Yeah, and well, that's basically a one-possession game yeah. if you, you know. They were, they were eight leading. Points, eight points is possible on a touchdown and a two-point conversion. So they, that's a one UNLV was leading that game by double digits in the third quarter, I believe. Uh-huh. And I had said in the podcast, this might, was this the last time I was on the podcast was before this game? I think it might have been because I, I, I said on the podcast, if UNLV beats Fresno State, I will clean the entire sink at Angie's by myself. Yeah, that's right. And then, yeah. And I you I was sweating. You were about to eat a lot of ice cream. I was sweating. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the Bulldogs got it done. The week after that, they go and they play a UTSA, which I heard one singular rumor that they might be a team that the Mountain West wants to add. It's not even newsworthy because it was some, like, blog boy in Texas somewhere. But yeah. I heard one single rumor yeah. that – so keep an eye out for that, they UTSA. They are 5-0, UTSA. And they're in Texas. Yeah, so. it, they're down there. You know, San Antonio is a big market, right? Yeah. And just any getting a piece of Texas. And, yeah, they're a big growing program. But UNLV only lost by a touchdown to them. Yeah. I didn't watch that game. I don't yeah. know how it went. But they only lost by a touchdown yeah. to an undefeated team. So – they're not. So so yeah, zero and five, but three ranked teams. Yeah, three in a row too. The Arizona State, Iowa State, Fresno State, all in a row. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean the best you would hope for for them is two and three right now. I mean if you can go out and beat Eastern Washington, which no excuse not to, and I think you should probably be able to beat UTSA. But I mean the Roadrunners are having a fantastic year anyway. Yeah. So maybe maybe the best you can hope for, like maybe a reasonable hope would be you're one and four as UNLV and you're still not disappointed. So yeah, again, like I, I think so I talked a lot about how um Wyoming's five and oh did were they four and oh or did they get to five and oh? I believe they they did get to five and oh. They're five and oh. Um I talked a lot about how Wyoming's five and oh record was a little bit overinflated. Fool's gold. And I like downplayed that. And if I'm gonna uh, if I'm gonna downplay being undefeated I have to play it both ways, and I have to, you know, you have to take being unbeaten with a grain of salt, too, to an extent. I mean, like I said, Wyoming was undefeated beating teams that are not very good. They only beat UConn by two. But then you look, and it's basically the same. Yeah, who lost to UMass. And it's basically the same thing in reverse at UNLV. Yeah, they're 0-5, so it's easy to just look at the record and make an assumption. But if you look a little bit closer it might not be exactly what you would expect. And so Wyoming, you know, if I'm going to downplay that, I have to I have to keep that consistent standard and take a look at UNLV. Yeah, they're un, unbeaten right now, but there's really only one, maybe two games that you really should have expected the Rebels to win. So having a bye week and them knowing that, I mean, we're not, this is nothing that the Rebels don't know, 
they want to come into conference play. They've only played one conference game, and they still have a shot to win some games and finish not in the bottom of the Mountain West, which is a, a position they've become pretty familiar with recently. Right. I mean, they've played, played, they've played good teams. But on the other hand, they also haven't won since November of 2019. And so... Or, yeah, that, so the question is, are they, like, hungry, hungry, hungry for a win and they're going to do anything to get it? Or have they just forgotten what the taste of a W even feels like they and broken? they've just lost... Yeah, yeah, they're just a broken team. Yeah. And honestly, I think because they have a new coaching staff and stuff, I think that they probably still are hungry, right? You'd have to be in the so. locker room. You'd have to be a fly on the wall to really know. But based off of yeah, their no previous performances. You, no one's going to come out and say, yeah, we've given it up on this season. We'll try again <laughs> next year. But there there were moments there yeah. were moments last year in, for Utah State, some well, of those press they conferences. Didn't, they didn't say it, but they showed it. Uh, yeah, I, but anyways, anyways. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to find out um, what type of team UNLV is. I will say though they they got some playmakers. They do. Their defensive line is like pretty big, from yeah. the little bit I've watched of them. It's those Vegas buffets, dude. <laughs> I get big when I go to Vegas. They go into the Rio Grande every Tuesday night. And yeah. Yeah, getting those, <laughs> getting those shrimp bowls and the. <laughs> yeah. No, they they are. I mean, and the other thing is, to be in the Mountain West, you have to be at least okay. I mean, you have you have some teams. Uh, we we like to point the finger a lot, but we've also talked about our own program, like last year, where you just have this really, really low point, like this outlier of a season, but the bottom line is they're on the same playing field as us. Um, and that, yeah, you want to talk you want to talk playmakers. Um, Tate Martell, this quarterback who was originally recruited by The Ohio State University, then was you know transferred to Miami, ends up in UNLV or at UNLV, that's kind of a weird character arc. You know, you kind of wonder what's going on. Like, how did how does someone end up from Ohio State to UNLV? You have to wonder, is he maybe not as good as he looked uh, in high school and things like that? But the bottom line is, like, he, he has the talent. He hasn't played. And so that's another piece of, piece of this mystery where is Tate Martell going to come out and look like an Ohio State quarterback? Because if so... What are we gonna do to stop that? Well, I I actually think he's he's injured right now, and I I don't think it's they've declared a starter for Saturday because they've had the bye week, so maybe Tate's uh-huh. been able to get better. But I believe that the starter on Saturday is actually gonna be Cameron Friel, uh-huh. and Friel he passed for three hundred and seven yards and was twenty five for thirty seven, yeah, in throwing against UTSA. So I don't know. Do they take a, a Tate Martell and start him that, like you said, obviously has this established talent, has a lot of hype surrounding him? Maybe he's not 100%, though. Are they going to bring him out in the bye week, or are they going to bring in Friel, who's yeah. kind of maybe established himself as the starter? And so that'll yeah. be really interesting to see. Yeah, no, that, that that's a good point. And I think the bye week plus having a non-conference opponent this past week I think I would not be surprised if Tate Martell did return in this game because even if he was hovering around ready, you know, if he was almost ready for the UTSA game or even if he was if he was ready and healthy but maybe not back into 100% and maybe was lacking on the playbook or hadn't gotten enough snaps, you're not going to rush a kid like that back 
um, especially for a non-conference game. We saw the same thing. It's a different sport, but with Nemius Keda, when he was coming back from an injury, we kind of were hearing rumors that he was practicing and warming up with the team, but he didn't really start playing until we got into our conference schedule. And so where you have that plus a bye week, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, if he's ready or if he's if he was ready, you're probably going to see him come out this week because you have, you're not going to rush him in for a game like that, especially knowing you have a bye week later. You're going to take those extra two weeks, get him ready, and bring him out for conference play. And in their minds, if they can run the table, you know, it's still pretty early on in conference play. They only have one conference loss, so they still have a chance to be a top half Mountain West team if Tate Martell can come out and be that guy. And so I think if you're going to see him, this is as good a chance as any if he is or has been close to ready. Yeah, no, this this might be a make or break it point for yeah. UNLV for yeah. them. If they can come out and be competitive in this game, then maybe that bodes well for him. But uh, if not, then for them, all of a sudden they're 0-6, 0-2 in conference. And, yeah, their season's ravaged. But yeah. I think uh, for Utah State – a lot of it's the focus has got to be on themselves, though, and just I just want to see this team put together four quarters of uh, I'm not even gonna say great football. I feel like that's too much to ask. Just four, <laughs> four consecutive quarters of solid football. Yeah, with I, maybe I the agree. third quarter being great or the second quarter being great, but just well, and that's that's enough in, on this team. This this Utah State team, if they play good for three quarters and great for one, that's enough to win out. If we, we, we talked, Jacob and I, we were talking earlier off air. Basically, if we play the way we did against Air Force, we don't lose again this year. On but offense. On offense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, if, if you come out and you can move the ball like you did against against Air Force, you're not going to lose another game. But then you look at our game against BYU, we moved the ball 22 yards on the ground. So there's been some inconsistencies that we've seen throughout the year, but our – our highs are extremely high. Like we've seen some really high highs and some lows that are not nearly as low as I think were expected before the season. I think our lowest points, I mean, there's still really not great points we need to work on. Um, but we're not nearly as bad as, you know, people thought we were going to be after the season we had last year. But I think you're right. I think this bye week hopefully was a good long look in the mirror because one, UNLV, uh, you don't want to overlook UNLV, but hopefully they're a little bit easier to prep for. And hopefully you take this e- this extra time that you have and really just focus on yourself. Because there's a few things on, on Utah State side, especially just little execution things that if they can stop doing or that if they can start doing, they are going to be a top Mountain West team. And so you mentioned like putting together four consecutive quarters of football. I want to see our quarterback. I want to see, I mean, it's Logan Bonner. I want to see Logan Bonner go out there and not throw an interception on the first drive of the game. That's happened twice now. You're not going to win a lot of games if you do Logan, that. you hear that, man? Parker <laughs> told you to cut it out, okay? <laughs> we, we don't want to see any more of those interceptions in the, in the first drive. Well, zero interceptions would be great, but you can't, you can't do that to yourself that early in the game. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like I said, the toughest part of our schedule is behind us, but you're still not going to win a lot of games if you do that. Like, that's going to catch up to you if, if you – I mean, we lost the last two games where it happened. So, you know, that, that's going to catch up to you if you continue to throw an interception that early. And uh, especially with on the other side of the ball, like our defense, I don't think, has been ready to go at the start of e- each game either. Our first quarters have just been really, really slow on both sides of the ball. 
Yeah, it's true. One thing that I want to mention is just in terms of execution, and that's a word that gets thrown out there a lot, but yeah. this team, the majority of the team is returning from last season and before, and the reality was under under Gary Anderson and all of the assistants, the, uh, the schemes they were running were pretty simplistic under Mike Sanford and stuff. A lot of those offensive schemes were simplistic on defense, call-ins and whatever the defense was throwing up. It was sturdy, but it wasn't it wasn't very complex. Didn't so, have the multiplicity that exactly. Coach Bonda loves to talk about. Exactly. And so Bonda's got this multiplicity that you can see. They'll go 4-3, 3-4 zone. Man, they got guys rushing in from everywhere, right? And just yeah. all this movement all over the field. And that's something that, for the most part, I think the defense is actually executed pretty well. But it's something that for a lot of these guys on the team, I don't know if they would tell you this, but I think it's been maybe a little bit more difficult to uh, facilitate this this defense and off, also on offense because yeah. I think that offense, it's been a little bit more clear where they've had failures in execution. But yeah. it's the go fast, go hard offense like David Yost, right? Except yeah. for it's even more complex than Yost and there's all sorts of different yeah, just movements and screens and lateral plays and just a lot that goes into it and so I think that they've the offenses kind of struggled a little bit in these yeah. past five games to consistently be executing the offense the way that coach Tuckman wants it to be done and, and not only that like it's not only as you're alluding to more complex than the the offense we had under Yost I'd say it's even more impressive when we can get things done because you don't have Jordan Love at the quarterback when you have Jordan Love on our center anybody can coach him to a touchdown you know so I think that's a big difference too, and not that we don't have anybody. I think I've been really high on both quarterbacks all season long. Bonner and Peasley are both fantastic, but Jordan Love is one of the best quarterbacks we've ever had in this school, uh, top two probably in my mind. So for for this offense, like yeah, it is impressive, and they and and when I say execution, I don't mean um, their ability to execute plays. I think that's kind of misleading. I think what what I really mean by execution is just small details, mostly mistakes that we need to eliminate. Um, the one that comes to my mind, and I, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you're probably getting sick of me bringing this one up, but those three false starts in our opening game against Washington State that basically cost a touchdown. When Andrew Peasley connects to DT, gets to the one-yard line, and then three false starts in a row, we settle for a field goal. Um, uh, there's pass interference in the end zone. It's, just, it's things like that where if we just two eliminate – Two yeah. Two passes of interference in yeah. the end zone against yeah. Boise. So, I like that, passes of interference. <laughs> yeah. Inter- uh, two it doesn't flags, make sense. Two <laughs> flags for pass interference. Yes. Against us for – yeah, in the end zone. And it's it's things like that where you never know what happens if you eliminate that, but you know the score is closer. You know, we, we come out better when we have less penalties um, in the red zone when we don't throw interceptions in the red zone and, you know, things like that. So that's what I – if you know, if we can iron out some of that stuff, I think we're probably one of the top teams in the Mountain West this year, which is not something that people thought I'd be saying at this point. Yeah, no, and I totally agree with you. And, yeah, it starts starts this week, starts on Saturday. Going to be going to be a fun game down there in Vegas. One thing I'm really, really curious about is – 
just the atmosphere and stuff yeah. down there. It's going to be the most unique atmosphere of the season for these guys. Yeah, because Very Blake Anderson was actually talking about it in the press conference on Monday, and he mentioned, like, it's probably going to be pretty quiet. Yeah. And you're in this big, spacious stadium, so it's really cool because it's the Raiders stadium. You're, they call it the Death Star, this big NFL stadium. Yeah. But then it's going to be less than half full, and hopefully there's a decent turnout from Utah State fans and stuff. But yeah, what Andrew, I, I I think the the squad's coming down. It seems like most people, most diehard Aggies that I've talked to are making the roadie down. So yeah. I don't know how many diehard Aggies I know in the sense that it'll fill up a lower bowl of yeah, a stadium. Yeah. I don't have that many friends. <laughs> I, wish. I wish, but yeah. <laughs> No, I, you're right, it's, and it's weird because Allegiant Stadium will be the quietest arena in the loudest city for for Utah State this year. That was I mean, beautiful. Utah State, the Mav, thank you, the Mav is hopefully one of the loudest, but it's just in this quiet little town nestled at, you know, at the mouth of Logan Canyon, and you know that's a different environment than what they're used to. So going into this big city, all the lights, NFL Stadium, and then to get there, and it has like the turnout of a high school game. That's so, gonna that's be a that's gonna be weird. a little bit weird. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna feel like when our guys in basketball go and play West Coast Conference games, and you're literally playing in a high school gym. I think it's gonna have that same effect of like walking in, and there's no one here. But it, it's gonna be a little bit different because you're also in not like we're not talking like a big stadium college football standards. Like we're talking NFL stadium. So. It's going to be weird. It's going to be different. You know, what they got to do is B-Y-O-E. Bring your own energy. Yep. That's what the team's going to have to do. Hopefully yep. there's Utah State fans that are there and cheering them. But you know, they've all been – they all played last year through COVID and through these – Yeah. They're, well, they're, uh, yeah. Most of them are well acquainted to an empty stadium. But Yeah. So they I, they should be uh, they should be ready. And that's something that Hunter Reynolds actually – safety Hunter Reynolds, he said on Monday was – like, look, I was playing at Michigan last year and played in the big house, but it was an empty house. Yeah. Because yeah, the Big Ten didn't let any fans in a lot of those teams up there. Yep. So he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm used to this. Like, I'm just glad there's going to be any fans. So yeah, yeah. So I, I think for the team, it shouldn't be too much of a problem. But it certainly is much different than playing at the Mav, and then even the two the two road games already this season against yeah. Washington State and against Air Force which yeah. had decent atmospheres. So. Yeah. So we talked about what this game kind of means for UNLV. We talked about how if UNLV loses game loses this game, it's kind of one of those backbreakers that you, now you come out of a bye week where you wanted to start new and uh, you start off with a loss. And, you know, it, it means a lot, I think, for UNLV uh, to win this game. It has pretty, pretty major implications for UNLV's program on what the last half of the season is going to look like. Let's take a look at Utah State's. Um, and just what do you think this team what do you think this game means to this team and like do you do you think this has repercussions moving forward one thing that stands out to me is the fact that Utah State the line was set at three and a half wins and we have the chance to go into Vegas and blow up that line so they don't care about that I think it's funny but just the fact that you know a continuation a win could be a continuation of defying expectations where a loss could be maybe a coming down to earth moment what do you think is the mindset going into and out of this game what does this mean for for utah state 
Well, it's certainly ironic that uh, they have the chance to. It's poetic, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, poetic list. Uh, yeah, they get to go down there for the chance to get the fourth win, which would be the over on the wins. It costs for the a lot of people a lot of money, yeah. and hopefully make some Aggie fans somehow. Yeah, hopefully I didn't so. Because I'm not allowed to, but yeah. hopefully someone gets like a new house or a new car out of it. Yeah, that that would be a good feel good story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I think this game is it's just another game in the conference. Yeah. If it, I think it has more implications if they lose it. If they I go agree. down there and the Rebels somehow knock Utah State off, then that massive, massive stain on the season. But if they win it, honestly, all I think it is is went down there, took care of business. We're two and one in conference next. play. Yep. On to the next. I think, well, two things actually. I think for one, this is the first game Utah State has played really all year that's really just another game. Because you had, obviously, your season opener can't be just another game. I mean, your second game was kind of that way, but it was like a FCS opponent. It was your home opener, so kind of a lot That's going on. That's the thing, and it feel just like another game. Because it, it didn't just feel with the wideout and the yeah. home opener. It... And just so long since we've had fans, exactly. too, right? And then, and then you go and you have Air Force, which, huge game. I've talked about it nonstop yep. for months. Huge game. Then Boise, huge game. Then Boise, or then BYU, rivalry game, Wagon Wheel. We haven't had a game that's just another game. I think this might be the first one. So hopefully they can still, like you said, bring the energy and get up for this game. Um, but I do think that's one note that, like, we're finally settling in. We're finally going to see what this team can do when it's just game after game after game. The other thing I think is interesting about this weekend is if Utah State wins, uh, obviously Utah State's game, most in, Utah State's most important game is always the game they're playing in. But this week we have Boise State and Air Force going head-to-head. That's like a major game for Utah State. Because if Air Force wins that game, Utah State's back in the driver's seat. Utah State can basically erase that loss against Boise State, and they control their own destiny. So there's, it's just a weird week where we have just another game and like such a big game happening that Utah State's not involved in. But... An interesting weekend of, of football for sure. Yeah, now if Air Force goes into the Smurf turf and knocks off Boise, then that's gonna that's gonna be wild. Just the parody and just all the upsets in conference, and yeah. that's part of the reason why I have a really hard time thinking Utah State can win out, even though they have an easier schedule. Is just because someone's got someone has to step up. Someone has to step West up. Is so well matched. Exactly. Against each other, yeah. But Boise, all Boise has to do is lose one more game. One more. And one game. Utah State <laughs> controls their destiny as if long as they keep winning. To win. If yeah, the big if. Yeah. I ESPN FPI, which is actually kind of a ridiculous stat. Sometimes. I use it sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but if it looks good for for Utah State, then then it, <laughs> yeah. then it's a good logical method. We're not biased here. But <laughs> we selectively um, choose stats sometimes. But but they gave Utah State a two point seven percent chance of winning out. Two point seven for the last seven you know, games. You know what that number sounds like to me? That number sounds like three point five. That number is insulting. <laughs> Two yes. and a half percent chance to win out? I don't buy it. Yeah, I would put it at like 20% personally. Yeah, at least. But you, you're probably like, yeah, you, you, you'd you have house money on it. <laughs> if you if you didn't work for the marketing yeah. department, you're I'm going down I, You're I, going down there this week. I have, yeah. yeah, I would have bet everything I have on 3.5 and, you know, it's too late for that. But I told my buddy. There you go. My buddy, he was working sales down in Vegas over the summer. <laughs> I sent him a Snapchat. I'm like, yo, it's three and a half dog 
ethically, smash, I can't do this. But, bro, I know you're better. You got to go all in on this. And he did. I don't know how much money he actually put in. It was probably only, like, 50 bucks or something. Okay. But he's he's, he's going to be a happy boy. He's going to win that bet. Yeah. I'd stake, I'd stake my reputation on it right now. We only have one more game <laughs> to get there. But, yeah. No, I, I agree. I we, we do have a slim chance, I think, of winning out. Uh, the odds are definitely not in our favor to win out. I think it's higher than 2.7. Um, because if you look at it as the full rest of the season, are we going to win out? It's, yeah, it's easier to make that, you know, closer to 2.7 or, or a lower number. But if you look individually at each game, um, yeah, there's tough games still. But it's, like I've said, the toughest is behind us at this point in the season. Absolutely. So. Yeah. But it starts on Saturday against, starts on against Saturday. the fighting, running Rebels. Continues on Las Saturday. Las Vegas. Starts on Saturday. Continues on Saturday. Both. It's kind of yeah. both. Yeah, against yeah. the running Rebels. Against the running Rebels, I guess. Uh, that, that's what they call them for basketball. Are they I not the running Rebels That should football? just be their mascot for everything. I thought they were the running Rebels. I think they're just the Rebels for football, which might be part that's of their problem. If yeah. they were the running Rebels, then maybe they'd, they'd get more yards. Yeah, they'd get more yards. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, they'd get a few more points on the board. It certainly wouldn't hurt. Um, sweet. So th- I think that's all I have for, for our own football game. Let's take a quick look at just the rest of the schedule. We already kind of talked about that Utah or the Air Force Boise State game that's going to have massive implications for Utah State directly and just really the whole conference. Um, so let's take a quick look and see, see what else we have going on. So I have the schedule right here. We have Friday, we have San Diego State going up against San Jose State. That one, you know. It's San Diego State is looking to continue to represent the Western Division. I don't know. Maybe San Jose State. They're they're a little bit pissed off. They're such a weird team, aren't they? Yeah, maybe. It's so weird. Maybe, maybe they show up to that game. Who maybe knows? they do. If if the West Division is anything like the Mountain Division, San Jose will find a way to win that game just to cause chaos. Yeah. San Jose might be a team that causes other teams problems. They're definitely out of the running, I think, to play in the championship game, but they're gonna cause some problems, I think, for for somebody else. Um, then we have our own Utah State UNLV um, in Vegas, and we have Fresno State Wyoming. Uh, we have Colorado State New Mexico Air Force Boise, which we talked about as an important one, and then Hawaii and Nevada. Um, so those are the games. What are you? What games are you more interested in? What's your must watch of the week? Well, here's the question: Is Hawaii versus Nevada is that out on the island or is that in Reno? Yeah, that makes a difference, doesn't it? Um, that game is. It's in Reno. Those poor Rainbow Warriors. Yeah, they, yeah. that one's tough. That's going to be a long day Playing on the island is tough. I think we can get into this uh, when we play them especially, but I think there's a huge advantage when Hawaii travels and a huge disadvantage when um, when you travel to Hawaii. There's just – it's a long flight. It's exhausting, burdensome, distracting. You're in Hawaii. There's a lot yeah. going on. So, yeah, when, when Hawaii comes to town, um, it's very different than playing in Hawaii. Like you texted me the other day, they're basically two different teams, and you're you're kind of right. So, um, but yeah, so Air, um, Hawaii, Nevada, in Reno. Um, the other one that spikes my interest is Fresno, Wyoming. I know in my gut that Fresno's better, but Wyoming is four and one, and oh, so they never got to, they never got to five and zero. They were only four and zero. Oh, dang. correction from earlier in the Oops. episode. But still, my point stands. They were undefeated, and now they're not. Um, but yeah, so Wyoming, they might just be pissed off that they're not undefeated anymore. So that, that's just a, another one. I In my gut, I know who's better, but I don't know who's going to win. I, I I think it's going to be Fresno, but I don't know. You never know. 
The Mountain West is crazy. This I year. think there's just going to be a bunch of pissed off teams all playing against each other, and this this week's great because it's yeah. finally like the first week where everybody's just playing a conference. There's game. not a single out of conference game. Just it's yeah. everybody's in conference. Everyone's going to Which war. Which kind of sucks because it means less football, but it's higher quality. We're, we're, we, yeah, sacrifice quantity for quality, but it's gonna be a good week. My my must watch is obviously Air Force Boise. It's kind of the obvious answer. Um, what's yours? Well, I mean, I'll go with something different. Okay. Kicks and giggles. The sleeper, it's going to be San Jose okay. and, and the fight in Aztecs. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. That should be an entertaining San Diego State's could be. probably the best team in the league from what we've seen so far. Maybe. We don't know. I would, I'd actually <laughs> Maybe. say Nevada. I would actually yeah. say Nevada. Uh, right? Yeah. It's, it's so. When, when do they play? Nevada and San Diego State. That'll be, that'll be a good one. But yeah, that be that's kind of my sleeper is will the Spartans, will, will they wake up and realize. At like, home, by the way. And they're at home. Well, they realize, dude, we just we won the Mountain West Championship last year, and we got like the same team returning. Like, let's get our act together. Yeah. Or are they just gonna get pounded by that stiff uh, Aztec defense? So yeah, that's kind of that'll be my game to watch out for. So um, San Jose, they like you said are defending champions. They're also 500 right now. This is the first time they will have a losing record since winning the championship game, because they started off with a win, then just kind of alternated through. So they are probably looking to avoid a losing record. Probably so. And. San Jose or San Diego State is not looking to pick up their first conference loss and get bounced out of the top 25. So that yeah. that is a good one. I, I agree. That one, that is kind of a sleeper pick. <coughs> I, my second would have been Fresno, Wyoming, but I really think that one's going to be entertaining too. Um, but there's it's Mountain West. There's no games to ignore. I mean, nope. even that even that Colorado State, New Mexico, New Mexico isn't that good, but we are still learning so much about Colorado State. <laughs> if New Mexico wins, you know that tells us a lot more. It's just it's just. There's a lot going on. Nothing to ignore in the Mountain West this year. Speaking of the Mountain West, Jacob, the basketball schedule has been announced. There's snow on the ground as we speak. When when snow comes, it's basketball season. Like I've been I've been like I love football, but like when it's this cold, it's basketball mode. So real quick before we wrap up the show, I talked about um, you know the basketball season coming up real quick. But what do you have? What what thoughts do you have on that schedule coming out and you know, what are your thoughts on this basketball season? Because we're going to have to start talking about that pretty soon. We're weeks away. I'm going to give you my answer in 30 seconds. Okay. Because uh, I could just talk about this forever. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going <laughs> to put a cap on things. But first, non-conference schedule, it's solid. It would have been cool to see. Uh, we got St. Mary's coming home. And I know yeah. I know for a fact that getting Randy Bennett to agree to come back here, because we, we went out there in 2019, and then we're, he was supposed to come back in 2020. And, he was the pain in the rear end to deal with, but they convinced him. St. Mary's coming to Logan. That'll be a good game. I think my 30 seconds are already up, and I just no, haven't gotten uh, anywhere. No, that's five seconds. Keep going. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and then beyond that, the the neutral site game, Iowa in South Dakota, going to be great. Myrtle Beach tournament, it'll be good. Some decent opponents, but enough quality teams in the non-conference to build a resume, but not like yeah. a not too stiff of a schedule. They're like, good. Like I don't know how they're gonna yeah. how they're gonna match up here, and then. Conference is gonna be so fun this year. It's gonna be just, a blast, isn't it? It's gonna just, be so just, Neva- just Nevada, and then oh my goodness, Colorado so State fun. returns everybody. And Wyoming, <laughs> Wyoming, their best player he transferred away, but they're still second year with a new coach, uh-huh. so they'll be up. You got French and Patino's three coming down. Coaches. Yeah, three Patino brand- in New Mexico. Yeah, oh, and he brought, he brought all these dudes down. <laughs> the, the transfer, I think they're gonna be a completely different team. Oh, of course they are. And then for sure. UNLV, they just did you hear this thing that 
all the UNLV basketball players are getting $500 per month from like a car dealership in Vegas, yeah, yeah. which I'd expect nothing less. They were probably doing it before, but, <laughs> but just, yeah, they just didn't have to use their business front of a exactly. Car but yeah. now they're like honestly getting 500 bucks. Somehow that's gonna help them on the basketball court. They're gonna score more points. It's there's a new coach there, right? UNLV. Yeah, they got a new coach. Yep. Yeah, and and then. Uh, yeah, and then obviously the big bad Aztecs will probably they don't really rebuild, they just kind of reload. So Yeah. Dude. So fun. It's I I'm cannot stoked. wait. Yeah. I'm it's going to be so good. Like that out of conference schedule like you mentioned. It's exactly what you'd want to build as a as a bubble team because what you're doing is loading it with name recognition that's not all that good because we play like OU and when you think OU you're like, "Oh yeah, elite." But it's like, no, they're elite in football. Their basketball team's good like, you know, fine. They're Big 12. But like you just you that's like Iowa at a neutral site. Is that really a neutral site though? If it's in North Dakota, that's like us playing a neutral site in Vegas. I feel like, but still, like you have you're playing Iowa, so you have you loaded it up with name brand. Iowa's pretty good. They were two seed in the tournament last year. Iowa's but. really good, but like like they're and like OU is good too. Like I don't mean to, yeah. I don't mean to like downplay I like but, OU, but they're both but winnable games. They're winnable games, and you're just loading it with that name brand what you want in this basketball team and that's what this basketball team needs to do every year they need to go fly all over i know like the i think the years of Stu moral strictly like playing one and ones are long gone i love Stu moral with every fiber of my being but i think that that style is a little bit outdated it wouldn't work in today's league nope I wish it would. If we could get Duke going a home and home and like North Carolina home and home, never, I would do never it in a heartbeat. But yeah, you know, there's at the end of the day, there's just some teams that aren't going to come to Logan in the winter. And pretty fine, much, let's go, let's yeah. go play them at a neutral side or on the road. So yeah, out of conference schedule is about exactly what I want. Um, especially getting that contractually obligated game from Nuke St. Mary's to come back. That's huge. Um, I'd love to play them every year. Get that regional rivalry going. We had kind of a regional thing with them going. Uh, early 2000s, I'd love to see that coming back. Uh, we played like the ESPN Bracket Buster against them like three years in a row or something like that. Um, they're a fun team. There's a lot of teams out west that are really fun to play. But then, yeah, the conference is just going to be unreal. It's going to be so crazy. I'm working on that. I'm working on a piece right now um, as assigned by you. But That's right. <laughs> because you're the boss. Um, <laughs> but just like about the Mountain West basketball and like it's, it's going to be such an evenly matched league and – it should be anyways. Like, it'll be a blast. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll try to squeeze in some basketball with our football talk here on the here on the show in the next couple weeks. Hopefully it doesn't become the, the opposite because I know with, with us it very easily could be. But very, we'll, very we'll try easily. To keep it, we'll try to keep it nice and balanced for everybody. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're not marking your calendars already, you got to be. I think most people in the Valley are probably like me, and they look outside and see snow, and they're like, oh, crap, when's the blue-white scrimmage? Because that was my first thought. So I think I think the snow kind of helps usher in football, or uh, usher in basketball season pretty well. So hashtag basketball school. We are a basketball. Uh-huh. School. We're a basketball. We're a basketball school that just happens to be really good at football. We love we love Bums. our football team. We love we our do. football team, but especially since 2010, <laughs> we, we got we, really good. <laughs> yeah. There ain't nothing like Spectrum Magic. That's true. That's all we have today. Go Aggies. <laughs>